Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Ratana Dorosh Kehabregadana Telebrekitianda Ebradana Tariaskanaga Zeketiande. Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to come again into your presence. Your word says to enter your gates with thanksgiving, to come into your courts with praises. And so, Father, we enter first with thanksgiving this morning. We say thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of your mercies. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the gift of knowing you, for the gift of accepting you as Lord and Savior. Father, we give you all the praise. Thank you for the gift of a family. Thank you for the roof over our heads. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. Thank you for every single blessing. Lord, we enter with thanksgiving this morning. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. We also enter with praise this morning. We declare that you are Adonai the Lord Most High. We declare that from age to age, you will remain the same and that you will never change. We declare this morning that from everlasting to everlasting, you remain God. You are God alone and there is none beside you. None can be compared to you, Jehovah. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, as we enter your presence this morning, as we worship in your presence, read the word. We ask, Lord, speak to us once again. Grant us wisdom in your word and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Morphy Eyenike. We continue our reading of the book of Mark. Today we will be concluding the book of Mark. Yesterday we stopped on chapter 14 and verse 61. Verse 61, we saw the high priest questioning Jesus and then he made a demand of Jesus. Okay, so very important. Why did Jesus have to respond? Because by the law, when the high priest makes a demand, in other words, uh, commands you, you have to respond. That is what the law says. In chapter 15, okay, so we see that account and then how Peter eventually denies Jesus. In chapter 15, we'll see Jesus's trial before Pilate. And of course, eventually we will see him beaten and I'm telling you, brutally abused. But it was for a reason because the book of Peter will go on to tell us that for every one of those stripes, we are healed. Very important. And then after that, we see the crucifixion of Jesus. And in chapter 16, we will see the resurrection of Jesus. I tell you, it promises to be an important lesson, especially on a Sunday like this, where we are celebrating Easter and we are celebrating the wonderful thing that Jesus has done for us. In rising up from the dead, Jesus settled once and for all this question on whether we belong to God, whether the devil can have rule over us. Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega. Hallelujah. 
All right, let's read together this morning. 61 says, But Jesus was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? At that point, Jesus had no choice. Jesus said, I am. And you have to understand that Jesus was not only saying, as in responding to his question, by using that title, okay? The only person who ever used that title was God himself. At the burning bush, when Moses asked God, that when the children of Israel asked me, that the God of your, you said that the God of your fathers sent you to us. What is his name? God introduced himself there as I am. So when Jesus said, because look at the question again, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Yes, it could have been I am. Yes, I am the Messiah. But Jesus said, no, yes, nothing. He says, I am. And he says, and you will see the son of man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Of course, Jesus was speaking about his second coming. You find this in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. We've seen many accounts of this. Jesus also spoke about this in the book of Matthew. And so when the high priest hears this, look at his reaction. Verse 63 says, Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Why do we need other witnesses? In other words, claiming declaring that he was I am and saying that you know he was going to be seated in the place of power at God's right hand means that he was placing himself you know in you know in equal stance with God he was making himself God that is essentially that was what Jesus was saying he says the high priest said we do not need we don't need any other witnesses he says you have all had the is blasphemy you know, it's blasphemy to claim that you are God to claim that you are the son of God, it is blasphemy. <laughs> he says, what is your verdict? He asked them, they were jury and judge all together. What is your verdict? Guilty, they all cried. He deserves to die. Then some of them began to spit at him and they blindfolded him and beat him with their fists. Prophesied to us, the jed and the guards slapped him as they took him away. Remember that Jesus chose this death. It was Jesus was not willed, okay? Jesus chose. Jesus knew that this was going to happen. He predicted it. He walked into his death. I'm telling you, you have to stand at attention for Jesus. Next, Peter denies Jesus. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you are talking about. He said, and he went out into, into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. In other words, every time he betrayed Jesus, in, a, in Mark's account, every time he betrayed Jesus, you will hear one rooster crow. Since when the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. <laughs> but Peter denied it again. <laughs> a little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, uh-uh, you must be one of them because you are a Galilean. <laughs> Peter swore, I, I swore a curse on me. 
I, he says, Peter swore a curse on me if I am lying. I don't know this man you are talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Uh, before the rooster crows two time, twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. I don't know. I think it was one of the accounts of one of them that said he and Jesus like they saw themselves when he when when he it dawned on him what he had done they saw themselves before he started crying and cried and ran away all right let's go on to mark chapter 15 jesus's trial before pilate very early in the morning the leading priests the elders and the teachers of religious law the entire high council met to discuss their next step they bound jesus led him away and took him to pilate the roman governor why did they need to take him to pilate they didn't have the authority to pronounce death on someone even though they had said that they should that he was guilty and that he should die they didn't have that power so they took him to pilate too pilate asked jesus are you the king of the jews Obviously, Pilate would have been hearing about the king of the Jews and he would have been afraid. Does somebody want to rebel against Caesar? Does somebody else want to declare themselves king in Israel? What will happen if that, you know, when, if that comes to pass? And so in meeting the person that they have been calling king of the Jews, Pilate himself is surprised. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many crimes. And Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, nothing much to Pilate's surprise. If it was someone else, they would have been defending themselves. Jesus chose his death. Never forget that. Never forget that. He chose his death because he knew his victory would come. Six says now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at that, at that time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews? Pilate asked, for he realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, uh, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, because of course, if a riot broke out, Pilate would have to give account to Caesar, okay? Give account because he was the one in charge of this place. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. And he ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. When we get to heaven, Pilate will answer why he needed to flog him, even though he knew that they were just jealous of him. But I feel that he, maybe in punishing him, he thought maybe the crowd would change their mind. I am just trying to just make that point. Maybe the crowds would change their mind. Would change their mind when they see him so broken and so dealt with but i'm telling you even at that that shout the crowd continued to shout crucify him next the bible says the soldier took 
uh, of course, Jesus was then crucified. He says the soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters called the Praetorium and uh, called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe and they wore torn branches, in, they wove torn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed stick, spit on him and dropped to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, and I'm telling you, this is just something <laughs> common to soldiers. I don't know why, but I don't know why soldiers are just like this. He says, when they are finished tired, when they, when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Just imagine the amount of shame that Jesus went through. But in going through this shame, remember Jesus was going through this shame for me and you. He was paying the price. He was going to the cross just the same way you lead a sheep you know, to the slaughter. And you are about to slaughter it for sacrifice. The sheep really, really ever struggles with you. I don't know whether the sheep understand that it is like paying the price, okay, in your place. I don't know. But Jesus was doing the same thing. He was being led away like a sheep to the slaughter. Next, the crucifixion. The Bible says, yeah, in Matthew chapter, uh, in Mark chapter 15 21 it says a passerby named simon who was from cyrene was coming in from the countryside just then cyrene of course automatically tells you that he was he was a black person says that he, he was coming in from the countryside just then and the soldiers forced him to they forced him they didn't ask him they forced him to carry forced him to carry jesus's cross simon was the father of alexander and rufus and they brought jesus to a place called golgotha which means place of the skull they offered him wine drugged with mire but he refused it yes they offered him medicine to try and relieve the pain they saw what he was going through jesus went the entire length the entire mile he refused any drug he wanted to feel every single pain but i'm telling you in taking all of those pains in receiving all of those lashes he was paying the price for you and me 24 says then the soldiers nailed him to the cross they divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece it was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him a sign announced the charge against him it read the king of the jews hmm. two revolutionaries were crucified with him one on his right and one on his left it says the people passing by shouted abuse abuse shaking their heads in mockery ah look at at you now they yelled at him you said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days well then save yourself and come down from the cross i'm telling you who mocks a dying man yes who mocks a dying man so terrible okay i i i don't know how these people will stand in the judgment but who mocks someone who had been who had was already nailed to the cross somebody who was his whose life was was going out gradually somebody who was bleeding to death who mocks that kind of a person 
Yes, that was what they were doing to Jesus. They said, come down from the cross. If you are the Messiah, save yourself and come down. 31 says, the leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, uh, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe in. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. Okay, so I'm sure you have always read the story of the two thieves that were crucified with him. Both of them ridiculed him initially. Okay, but in ridiculing him and Jesus was not responding, I'm telling you, one of them right there on that cross was eventually saved. One of them right there on that cross was eventually saved. I don't know about you, but if I was Jesus, I would have come down from that cross. Yes, I will come down from the cross, prove to them that I can come down from the cross and then get on the cross back <laughs> if that was possible. Okay, so that was just that was just an attempt at at a joke at a joke, okay? So, uh, but I'm telling you Jesus with all the power surrendered everything. Surrendered everything for me and you. Never forget that. And that is what I will remind ourselves of as we go today. Remember that Jesus surrendered everything willingly. He says in verse 33, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Remember when he was crucified, right? At 9 o'clock. At 3 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, my God. Why have you abandoned me? I'm telling you, God abandoned him. As the psalm already prof- no, already predicted, Psalm 22 verse 1 says that he would not leave his soul in hell eventually. But on the cross, God put on him the sins of the entire world. And so on the cross, God could not look at him because he was carrying the sin of everyone. There was no way Jesus would have called to God and God would not have answered him. But on that cross, it was the old world with the sin of the old world that Jesus was representing. 35 says some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. I'm saying again, I don't know how these people will stand in the judgment. Oh, hey, he says 37. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. It was torn in two from top to bottom. If it had been torn from bottom to top, you could have said a person or maybe a few people held it at the bottom and they pulled it apart until it tore. But because it tore from top to bottom, so the only way I see that, it means that it was tearing from the top and it never reached down. So you could, you would always have been able to te- tell that that tear started from the top. It was an angel of God or the Holy, Temp- the Holy Spirit himself who would have done it. Aside that, the tearing away of the veil, okay? The tearing away of, of the curtain in the sanctuary was very important. That veil was what separated between the holiest of holiest of holies and where the general people, the other worshippers stay. Only the priests could the high priest could enter the holiest of holies of holies. And usually it is just 
a very few times in, in, in the year. So when this thing was torn open, Jesus was signifying that he had collapsed everything together. Now we can boldly, by the blood of Jesus, enter into the holiest of holies. Is somebody excited this morning? Hallelujah. It says, when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. I'm telling you. Since some women uh, were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, uh, the younger the younger Anne of Joseph, and Salome, they had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. Obviously, the women would have tried to intervene, but the way the Jewish culture is, of course, women did not really have a say. So uh, when the crowd was shouting, they had, shout, they had shouted them and, of course, got their way. Next, the burial of Jesus chapter 4 verse 42 then all this all happened on friday the day of preparation the day before the sabbath so sabbath is saturday as evening approached joseph of arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for jesus's body ah he took a risk can you take a risk for god Yes, many of us, we never take a risk for anything. We want to stay in the comfort lane. He took a risk for Jesus. He asked for the body of Jesus. Joseph was an honored member of the High Council and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead. So he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had, if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth. What a privilege. Hey! Oh God. He says, and, he, and laid it in the tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. What a great privilege, okay? To be the one to do this for Jesus, okay? All right, so let's finish the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus' resurrection. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way there, on the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in, in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. So the first person to announce that Jesus was risen from the dead was this angel. He is risen. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Of course, I'm just imagine the women. He said, this is where they laid his body. I'm sure they will all have turned and looked for the body of Jesus. <laughs> he says, he is risen. This is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. And Jesus, or the angels specifically gave them this message. Go and tell them, including Peter. Because Peter already felt lost. He had 
in a sense denied his master if he didn't feel any difference between between himself and judas iscariot but when judas you know went was so depressed crazy killed himself hanged himself you know peter i'm sure was hiding somewhere he says go and tell his disciples including peter that jesus is going ahead of you to galilee you will see him there just as he told you before he died <clears throat> since the woman the women fled they ran they ran from the tomb trembling and bewildered and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened who would have said anything even me i would not have said anything <clears throat> I would not have said anything though because yes he says then they briefly reported all this to peter and his companions afterward jesus himself sent them out from east to west let let me pause with that and take that again since then they briefly reported all this to peter and his companions afterwards jesus himself sent them out from east to west with the sacred and unfailing message of salvation that gives eternal life. Amen. So if you read this, you will notice that this was added recently, okay, um, to the book of Mark in the New Living Translation. Since after all, Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first people who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. Okay, so the first people didn't see him, they saw an angel. But yes, Mary Magdalene saw him. She said, 10 says she went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. Since afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been he had been raised from the dead. And I'm telling you, I don't blame these guys. However, you have to chide or you have to scold the the other eleven disciples in that. Yes, Jesus confided in them and told them again and again what was going to happen. And now that it had happened, they should have remembered the other things that Jesus told them, that he was going to rise again from the dead. 15 says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new tongue, in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. He says, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord walked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. The Lord walked with them, confirming their words with miraculous signs hallelujah i don't know about you but i'm blessed as we celebrate easter this sunday okay our next sunday please remember the sacrifice of jesus for you 
Jesus willingly went to the cross, died, paid the price for you. And I'm telling you, demons do not have power over you anymore. The devil does not have power over you anymore. Because of that one sacrifice on the cross, Satan has been silenced once and for all. I, I, I don't know about you, but many Christians act like they don't have any understanding of what Jesus accomplished on that cross. And so what I want us to pray this morning is, Lord, give me a revelation. Give me a revelation of the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Make that your prayer this morning. Give me a revelation of the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Jesus, open my eyes to understand why you chose to go to the cross. Why you were willing to lay it all down. Even though you had the power, you chose to die. Lord, open my eyes this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Will you pray this morning? Ask the Lord to open your eyes of understanding that you will understand when Jesus said, it is finished. Lord, help me understand. What did it mean? How did you silence the devil? Lord, help me to understand in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for understanding. Jesus, we will just want to declare this morning that we love you. Thank you for paying the price for us. Thank you because today we are now children of God. Father, be glorified forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.